Hey coach, Xenia Wood here, owner and founder of Swift Coaches and Swift Movement Academy. Our vision is to live in a world where health business owners turn their passions into profits and create financial freedom guilt-free. And for all of those exercise and rehab professionals to finally feel confident as fuck in their technical skills, and we never again see another coach leave the industry because of it. What you're about to hear is a bite-sized jam-packed version of one of our episodes. So if you're looking to learn swiftly, this mini episode is for you. Let's dive straight in. Do you want to do you want to talk about our, our movements first principle? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. This is something that that has really stuck with me since coming up to work um, for you and and to learn off you is the, you know, you always look at a look at a muscle and say I'm going to train that muscle and do a do a exercise for it, but it's like. There's most of the joints in our body or most of the muscles in our body perform, you know, more than one movement um, or, mu or muscles, I should say. So if you train a movement first, right, so you look at knee extension, knee flexion, shoulder abduction, whatever it may be, you are then training all of the muscles that are responsible for that joint, right? So you can... Because because we don't just we don't walk around because of one muscle. We work around. We walk around. We move. We we live our daily life because of multiple muscles working at one time to move joints, stabilize joints. Um, so that's a big thing that we're doing that we do at Swift is we program based on movements first, um, and how it makes program writing so much easier. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people are missing out on this. Um, because it's it's so simple, but just needs to be out there more, you know. Like, you, let's give an example, just because I think yeah. you know it can be a, a strange concept if we just talk in yeah. ethereal terms. Yeah. So, if I wanted to go from okay, I know that I should use a movements for first approach, so I want to be training my, um, let's try just say shoulder. Um, horizontal at adduction. So basically, like previously, I was like, yeah, let's train chest. But now I've learned this movements first principle, and I understand I need to do horizontal shoulder adduction. Um, how do I how do I go about that? Yeah. So you. So what happens is you then. So for example, let's let's peel it back a bit. You're like, okay, I wanna. You want to target the chest, and you wanna you wanna target. Um, you know, the anterior deltoid and things like that. If you know the movement first approach, you can you can easily change programming um, on the fly, but still get the same outcome. And that's something that we've really been diving into recently is that if you, you know, you, you want to train that, you know, shoulder, shoulder horizontal adduction um, and people automatically, you know, go to that movement and think, okay, you know, just peck flies straight off the bat. And then if somebody says, hey, we're doing a chest exercise, but you you predominantly want to train shoulder horizontal adduction, right? And somebody's saying, okay, well, the peck flies are taken, but they think they're just training a chest movement and they go and do an, you know, let's say they go and do a, a, a push-up, for example, a close grip push-up. Yeah, you're still, you know, possibly targeting the chest, um, but you're not going to be targeting, you're not going to be performing the movement that you originally wanted to for whatever reason in that program, right? You you might have some 
specific reason as to why you want to train shoulder um, horizontal adduction. Maybe you're a rugby player, right? And you want to strengthen up that position when you're going in for a tackle, right? Um, it just gives more specificity to your programming because if that if that was the reason, if you're writing a program for a rugby player and you wanted to train that movement to help strengthen up the structures around there so they're more resilient in a rugby tackle and I go and take on your program and I don't know that it's shoulder horizontal adduction, right? And I go and say, oh, fuck, the cables are taken. Oh, let's go do, you know, uh, uh, something else. Let's go do a like I said, a close group push-up or, or something of that sort. It's like we're not getting the same um, outcome as what you had programmed for initially. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's the critical thing, right? Because if you're looking, and maybe maybe it wasn't even just that I wanted that um, horizontal shoulder adduction, but I was actually really more after the eccentric control of that yeah. right because if we're looking to create a stable shoulder like we said for a rugby player we want to make sure that they're not able to be flung backwards and they have the strength to be eccentrically lengthened to the point where they're strong with that and so maybe it's looking at how can i eccentrically load through that position but yeah like you said you do a close grip push-up and you've just eliminated the entire purpose of that exercise yeah. and so um when we look at programming, instead of writing in your program exercise A1 pec fly, we write A1 eccentric horizontal shoulder reduction. And then you can put your exercise next to it, which is your pec fly with a cable. But then let's say the pec fly is taken, go use some dumbbells. Yep. Instead of going, I'm going to use a push up and do a different, or, you know, let's find another variation where I can use something that's going to create the same movement and get the same outcome rather than just going, I wanted to train chest, here's another chest exercise, or like maybe I do an incline bench press or something. And it's like, there's a little bit of horizontal shoulder reduction, but it's also got flexion in it. And maybe we didn't want flexion. Maybe we wanted extension or, or whatever it was, right? Yeah. So um, to, to really come back to the principle of movements first really helps for yourself in programming as a coach when you're trying to look at it and go, like you said, fuck, this machine's taken or, or I can't do that or, you know, the client needs something else or whatever it is, but we can still focus on what movement was I trying, was my intention and, and why did I have that in place? And so we don't lose sight of what we were trying to program and it still gets us the same outcome because if we're trying to train the eccentric load of that, then we can make sure that we've still, you know, got a tempo focus or, or whatever it is, as opposed to just, I wrote this tempo in there. And and then to your point as well, the reason we do this is because, you know, obviously you're not taking clients this week because you yeah. tore your ACL and you're not walking at the moment. Yeah. So Joel's able to pick up your program and be like, I know exactly what's going on. And if this is taken or, or we need to adjust or modify for whatever reason, he knows yeah. exactly how to modify that because he knows what movement you were trying to achieve. It doesn't matter what exercise. You can make yeah. an exercise up that quote unquote doesn't exist in terms of the traditional exercise library and still be able to get the great result, which I think is is really what we're chasing. Yeah. And then what we do is we pretend we've got an elastic band, a rubber band, and we hold one end of it on where we think the insertion is roughly. And then we hold the other end of it on the, uh, sorry, the origin. And then we hold the other end of it on the insertion. And then as an elastic band elongates or lengthens, right, that is the muscle lengthening. Okay. And then as that band shortens, that is the muscle contracting. 
And if you if you hold it on a specific area, right, you can then kind of understand what movement's going to be created. So if you hold it on, you know, the the, the front of your shoulder here, or let's let's put it more up on. Why don't we go like I don't know, long head of the biceps or something to make yeah. it? Yeah, perfect. So you know, you hold it. Let we know the long head of the biceps inserts up. You know, on top of on on the scapula and top of the in the in the glenohumeral joint there, um, and we 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 can we know that it comes out right so it comes over the shoulder more over the side of the shoulder and then down into the front of uh, the, the the bicep wall that it attaches down onto the uh radius um and then what happens there is we can you know if i had a rubber band long enough or my hand was long enough i can say okay well i know that a it's going to pretend that that rubber band is shortening so it's going to pull this part okay so it's going to pull down at my forearm up towards my shoulder and that's obviously going to flex my bicep but then i also know that 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 rubber band isn't just going straight down in a vertical line. It's actually slightly going out over the shoulder joint and then down in front of the bicep. So I know that if that pulls, that's actually going to pull my shoulder slightly away from the body as well. Into a shoulder abduction. Yeah. Shoulder Perfect. abduction. Yeah. Which is something that, you know, you don't think bicep is doing abduction. No. But when, when you think about it this way, you're like, oh, that makes so much sense. And then obviously, you know, talking about um, the insertion point down below the elbow joint as well and depending on you know where it attaches we can see that obviously we know the bicep does supination as well and so it's going to rotate the palm upwards because that will shorten it as well um and then we also know the last one being shoulder flexion right like if we can't bend our elbow or even if we do bend our elbow and we want to further contract our bicep we know that we actually have to go into shoulder flexion because that's going to pull the origin of our of our bicep towards the insertion. So it will bring them closer together. So that's yep. really all this is. And, you know, you don't have to actually go and physically get a rubber band, although you can, or a TheraBand or whatever. Um, but just, you know, putting your fingers like David yep. did just then, if you're if you're watching our, our YouTube version of this, um, or if you need to, to go back, uh, it's, it's really helpful to even just put your finger on it, you know. And just a reminder, our biz webinar on creating high consistent income with your very own irresistible offer is coming up really quickly. It is the 20th of July, and it is a three powerful hour webinar. If you want to join in and see what it's all about behind the scenes, then register for that. Link is in the show notes for you. Did you find something valuable in this episode? If so, I'd like to ask a tiny favor. If you have 30 seconds now, I'd love you to follow or share the podcast. That way, we can continue to bring you more real, raw, and uncensored stories from industry leaders. We also love hearing from you and what you loved about every episode. The best way to reach out is to DM me personally on Instagram at Swift Coaches Academy. Until next time, and in whatever you do, move swiftly.